Welcome back to another edition of 68 Shining Moments presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Today, we have AJ Guyton and Keith Smart talking about the shot that he hit in the 1987 national title game. What was the turning point in that season? I, I talked to Isaiah, I talked to a couple other players you know, that had championship runs, man. What was that moment during that 86-87 season where you was like, all right, we got one, we, we on the way? Well, we, we, we started off uh, playing well, uh, got off to a great start uh, the pregame, the pregame that we had, and then uh, got into the season. And then we got ranked number one in the country. Oh, okay. And we, and we go to Vanderbilt to play. Had just gotten ranked number one in the country. Go to Vanderbilt to play, and we got beat at Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. right? And so coach was on us about, you know, losing that game about a certain couple players on that team that we had never heard of, but they had great games against us. And uh, we lost that one, and then we – took off uh, and started and won the next couple games. And then we just kept winning and kept winning and kept winning. What Coach Knight was saying to the media was that this is not a very good basketball team right here. Uh-huh. This is not a good team. You know, you guys are getting all uh, enamored with this team and think that they're this, but they're not. So it kept the outside expectations. Yeah, exactly, yep. But inside that locker room, he was saying, guys, if we keep doing this, we got a chance to play for a national championship. We have gone now beyond the Big Ten championship because mm-hmm. now he thinks this team now has a chance, a legitimate chance. Mm-hmm. And, of course, still fighting through the Big Ten to try and get out of there. Didn't have a Big Ten tournament at that time. Yeah. So we're still fighting to keep to fight for this seating. And then the first round for us was right there in Indianapolis. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was a huge stepping stone for us having a chance. But the team started coming together, and eventually everyone fell into their roles. Uh, we had a stretch where we played uh, Northwestern, Minnesota, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and we weren't playing good basketball, but right. we found a win. And in those games, you had other players that stepped up and played big in those games. Yeah. And so we knew we had gone through the toughest portion of not playing not playing against the elites of the Big Ten, but playing against that second tier of, of teams. And we struggled, but yet we found a way to win. Right. Yeah. And from there, we started to see it all come together. And uh, again, the team got along well with each other, but we still hadn't have a feeling yet of, of we're on track to win a national championship. Mm-hmm. But Coach also mentioned that he felt that it would be us, North Carolina, uh, NC State, excuse me, uh, us, North Carolina, and Syracuse, he thought mm-hmm. would be be there. Didn't know how that was going to all shape out. Right, yeah. But he thought those were some of the best teams in the country based on their personnel. And, uh, and you know, several of those teams got there, you know. Yeah, they and, did. And, and, you know, but he, but he thought we were on that level of being able to play with those guys. Man, y'all dismantled Fairfield, Auburn, uh, Duke. Mm-hmm. But dude, right. the game that stuck out to me was a one-point win against LSU, knowing that you're from Louisiana. Right. What happened in that game at the end of that game to make it a one-point lead, and how was that special for you? Well, you know, all of a sudden you're playing against – a lot of those guys who played in that sports academy. They would yeah. come over and pick up basketball. Yeah. So I played with those guys. I knew uh, one of the players – uh, Ali Brown was uh, my high school coach's son. So I knew all those players over there. So what better bragging rights it would be to go back home in the summertime and you have beaten LSU. And go to the Final Four. Go to the Final Four. And <laughs> Dale, Brown, you know, Dale Brown was, uh, you know, when I started being recruited um, and everyone said, why aren't you going to LSU? You know, and I said, wait, they, they, haven't, they didn't recruit me, you know. And uh, he just felt that, uh, you know, well, you know, he's a, He's a good player, but he's not, you know, a player that we would have here at LSU. Right. And, of course, all of those things, you start to put it together in a basket. 
you know, amazing that drove you there. And of course, we got in that game and started playing real well. And then the game went back and forth. Um, you know, I had a good friend of mine from Baton Rouge, Nikita Wilson, the center mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And and he was just, you know, hard to handle. You know, he had quick, quick, very quick moves for a big man at that mm-hmm. time. And um, and we got through the game. There was another player named Fess Irving. I remember tying the ball up with him. <laughs> I put his real long arms, yeah. you know. And so I was behind him, and I was able to reach around him and tie the ball up for a jump ball mm-hmm. without touching him. Really? So, yeah, and I didn't touch him, but we had, we got a jump ball. So I never touched him. I moved around. I don't know what made me think, don't put your body up against him, because they may call a foul for reaching yeah. around him. Mm-hmm. I was going to wrap the ball around him. He was a smaller point guard, and then get that jump ball, which became a possession for us. Yeah, and we yeah, definitely. The possession uh, during that time, and that kind of put us over the hump to get back to uh, to go to the Final Four. Was that Chris? Was Chris Jackson on that team? No, no, he, he came later. He oh, came, came later. after. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Before we continue that interview, I have to let you guys know that it's that time of year again. We waited two years for this moment, and it's finally here. March's biggest tournament is back. Gonzaga is getting ready to run the table. Slippers are being fit as we speak. And our partners at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook, are putting our listeners at the center of the action. How? If you bet $4 on an underdog in a select game this week, and that underdog wins, you win $256. That's right. $256. Here's how it works. Download the app now and use the promo code FIELD68 when you sign up. Scroll through the list of select underdogs, bet $4 on them to win, and cash $256 when they do. There's no better way for you to put your college hoops knowledge to use than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. It's safe, it's secure, it's reliable. And you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So remember, the code is FIELD68. That's FIELD68 to turn $4 into $256. For a limited time only, must be 21 years or older. Restrictions apply. Go to DraftKings.com for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I was, you know, I was talking, and you guys go to the Final Four, you beat UNLV, then you have a date with Syracuse, man. I was talking to Chris Reynolds yesterday about, you know, we was talking about the Fab Five, and um, he was he was joking. He was talking about, hey, man, you look on the floor, you got Jalen Rose, you got Jerron Howard, you got, you know, Ray Jackson, Jimmy King, and uh, Chris Weber, and you look at us, we got Todd Leary, we got <laughs> these dudes, but for some, because of Coach Knight, we always felt like we had a chance to win. And yeah. I felt that way as well. We go into battle with some big guys, and we we don't have draft picks. You guys had Sherman Douglas, Derek mm-hmm. Coleman, Ronnie Cycling, you line up, but yet, you know, you come out victorious. What was the game plan uh, against going into, against that? Derek Coleman is one of, to me, one of the top 100 basketball players ever. Cycli was a great big man. Sherman was a really underrated guard, good guard, man. But mm-hmm. what game, what, 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 what was that game plan for you guys that, you know, enabled you to, to, to stay in the game with an opportunity to win? And, and just what you said, you know, uh, obviously having Coach Knight there, you mm-hmm. know, um, but I think also the style of play of how we played. When we played UNLV and, you know, when we came down to the Final Four, you know, a lot of these teams – got there early some there was a week before the, the, the tournament or five days before the, the, the game and we had we got it the day before we treated like a, a normal traveling day the day before play the game tomorrow didn't fly out you know 
And so I think that approach uh, of who we were as, as the Indiana basketball team um, played out and then how the style of play that we had. But when UNLV said, well, you know, they haven't pressed, they haven't played against a press like we press. Oh, and we're like, wow. Iowa presses. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> you know, we already been through that. You know, <laughs> and of course we ran. They didn't think that we were going to be a running team. And we ran and, you know, we had a great game in there. And, and I think for me, I, each one of those steps, I, there was a, a player that I, I knew from high school, Gerald Patio played for UNLV, knew him, you know, and I think that gave me that little edge of wanting to play good against him and that particular team. And then obviously getting to the Syracuse game, um, you know, we figured our style of play, how we played. And I tell you, man, maybe I just don't remember, but we never talked about the importance of this game. Right. That. Mm-hmm. We just focused on, coach just kept us focused, excuse me, on what we need to get done. Right. You know, how make a pass, mm-hmm. make the cut, you know, defend, you know, defend without fouling. And so we never preached about the opponent. And it's almost like the John Wooden concept uh, was to focus totally on you. You, yeah. So much on the opponent um, because let the coaches do that. But don't get the players enamored with focusing so much on the opponent when you need to be focusing on you. Because when you're trying to compete against another team, they do what they do, and you can't simulate that. Right. You know, but you can simulate everything that you have done and do as a basketball team. Absolutely. And what the focus was was focusing on on those things, on what we were doing, set the cut up. You know, uh, you know, uh, backdoor when you have opportunities, things like that. Um, that was the focus. And I think when we got into that game, we just looked at it as just another team that we're playing. And uh, when Coach Knight put us in the right positions to do certain things, and he allowed us to play the game. That was it. Absolutely. Hey, Amen. So you you score. You didn't have a great first half. You were foul trouble maybe, and you come out. You score seventeen in the second half. And it, right. it, it's a, you galvanize the team, get them back into the game. With 28 seconds left down, one, and mm-hmm. Derek Coleman at the line. Uh, Isaiah t- told a story on the pod about how he was like, oh, okay, this is that moment where I get to see the genius of Coach Knight. He finna uh-huh. go, he finna draw up this awesome play, and we about to win this game. And But he said he went to the bench, and Coach Knight really didn't say anything. And mm-hmm. it was just basically like you said, Let's move the ball. Let's take the best shot. What happened uh, when you guys came? It went into the huddle with Coach Knight, and what did he say? Did he draw up anything? Did he did he say anything? And here's the here's the beauty the beauty of, of all of that. You know, that first half I didn't play well, um, and then you know I didn't didn't score. I didn't score four points. I scored the first yeah. bucket free throw. Uh, you know, two free throws. I scored the first points. I didn't play particularly well. And then Coach Knight took Steve out for his rest time. And I think he wanted me to get more assertive, and I didn't for whatever reason. I didn't do it, mm-hmm. and uh, and so uh, we finished it up by one. Steve made a shot uh, at, right before halftime, and we go up by one to to, to, uh, to halftime. And then like, we come back in for the second half, and we started playing the second half. And I and I get on, you know, my God bless his soul, but my buddy Daryl Thomas, yeah. I saw where he was going to be cutting, but then he got bumped by Coleman and got held up. Yeah, and I made a pass where I thought he was going to go. And the mm-hmm. ball spelled out of bounds, and that's when Coach Knight uh, subbed me in the game. And uh, and so I figured, okay, I'm out of the game. I don't know when I'm coming back. So there's a story. Here's a story. So we're in this game. Joby Wright is talking to me, saying, "Keep." And, it, and back then, they just called me Kefa. That was Joby called me Kefa, Kefa, Kefa. Keep your head in the game. You're gonna get back in. Keep your mm-hmm. head in the game. 
Then the teammates were all saying the same thing. Keep your focus. Keep your head in the game, man. You're going to get back in. You're going to get back in. Right. So I was in my seat, sat down, and I figured, you know, this thing was going to be done, you know. And um, as the game started to go back and forth and everything, and then Syracuse made a run and got up, Coach Knight called me and said, uh, hey, smart. And so I go down to his seat, sat down next to him. He said, are you ready to go back in? I said, uh, I said, yes, I'm ready to go back in. He said, now I'm telling you, if you go in and uh, you haven't done anything in two minutes, I'm going to take you out the game. <laughs> so I said, all right. And then he goes, and if I take you out the game, I'm probably not putting you back in. Right. <laughs> I go, all right. And he said, you know, and if I don't put you back in, I don't know what's next. And so what people don't realize I was playing for my scholarship that night. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you jumped so high on that pull up. Man, look, after that, man, I went back in the game and said, look, I'm not going back over here. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do what I need to do in this game, you know. But it was, again, another way of how he motivated me to mm -hmm. engage myself back into the game. You know, and all that stuff, saying, he wasn't going to do any of that stuff, you know. Yeah. But he got me thinking that mm -hmm. I need to go out and play with a purpose. And that purpose was me playing how I played in that game and got us back into it with a chance to win the game. Yeah, it sounds like you found out a way to push your buttons. Yeah, that was it. Learning you over the years is like, if I say this to keep, I know I'm going to get a different keep. I'm going to get a different keep. It went back <laughs> to that, 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 that earlier time period that I told you about when he said, I was waiting for you to step up. Exactly. You know? mm -hmm. And, um, and that was something that, uh, that he, uh, another way that he found to motivate me. Uh, and he's in the, he did it in the calmest of manner. I look at some pictures that were taken at that time, and it was him talking to me on the bench. And everyone was like, well, he's probably chewing him out. Yeah, but right. It was so calm. Now, if mm -hmm. I don't, and he's, if you don't do anything these next two minutes, yeah, exactly. I'm chewing out, you know, <laughs> so it, it was that motivation that kind of got me going. And again, and then the game opened up. And then, AJ, I tell you, man, I've told this story many times. Mm -hmm. It went back to Nicholson Elementary. Yeah. Uh, the school that I played a lot of basketball on and would go over there. It was my sanctuary to go play and get away from everything that was going on around us. And uh, we would always shoot a shot at the end of uh, playing pickup ball, falling out of bounds, a jump yep. shot, yep. you know, always do. Because you know, in Three, our high school, two, one, two, one, you <laughs> the cheerleaders were always on the baseline, yep. <laughs> shoot a shot and fall over into their arm. Right. And so that time, as we start moving into that moment, um, I had already played that game. And I tell you, man, you know, from a psychological standpoint, you talk about a zone. I'm sure you've been in one before mm -hmm. where you don't hear anything. Yep. You don't, see, everything is in slow motion. And I was in this particular moment where everything was moving slow. Yes. And I'm playing this game. So I saw all the passes. I saw the shots that need to be taken. But it all started way back there at Nicholson Elementary. But it also, as I'm into this game, suddenly I got into this zone. And mm -hmm. literally everything slowed down for me. And I was able to make all the right decisions as we got ready for that moment. It's crazy that you say that, man, because I, I I don't remember crowds uh, in any in most of my games. I would say 98% of the games. I don't, yeah. People used to say, we used to yell and chant. And we uh -huh. used to yell this and say, man, only person I would look up and I would say my mom made it. 
You knew where they were. Yeah. I'll see if she made it. And when she yeah. made it, I said, I'm, I'm good. But other right. than that, I don't now I see people, you know, gesturing to the, I know we yeah. the old heads now. But yeah, yeah. I see them gesturing. I'm like, how could you be thinking about that? I was always yeah. thinking about next play. You yeah. know, what's next? What's next? And yeah. that is, that. that's amazing. That's amazing that you say that. So you you have the basketball. You I can see you handling that ball. You looking, but you're looking for Steve. Right. Steve coming off screens on the baseline. He yeah. he's caught up. You hit. I think it was Daryl Thomas, right? Yeah. It's almost day. like when you hit him, you like, mm -hmm. oh shoot, I shouldn't have threw that, and you <laughs> went back to get it. <laughs> like, <and laughs> something happened. He ended up throwing it back to you anyway because he knew he yeah. wasn't supposed to have it. So right. take me for that last play before you elevated and hit that shot, man. Well, I, I tell you, you know, when um, as we got down to that moment, you talked about a timeout. We didn't call a timeout. Okay. So we never got in that position to where to. And I know from coaching now, sometimes when you 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 call a timeout for a particular play, mm -hmm. players will have a tendency to look at only that what you talked about. Yes, yeah, true. They won't look at the whole picture of what will the defense. And I, as you know, our motion offense was revolved around you making the right play when the right play needed to be made. So what was available, that's what you went with. So as we came down the floor um, and got ready into the motion part of it, again, the time is ticking and people's like, are they going to get a shot off? Will they get a shot off? Mm -hmm. But we're not thinking that way. We didn't right. rush anything. We stayed right. into motion, watched Steve, ran on, watched Steve ran his routes. You know, he wasn't <laughs> open, you know. So <laughs> <The> routes. <laughs> yeah, run routes, man. You know, that's what he was doing, man. He, yeah, <laughs> And, uh, and he did his thing. He wasn't open. We didn't try to force a pass to make a play to him. Um, and I was always kind of myself and Callaway, after we looked at Steve and what he was going to be able to do, then, of course, if Callaway was on the floor, but he wasn't, mm -hmm. I would look at him to see what he was going to do next. And then when that play broke down, we looked to go inside to Daryl D. And that's what I did. I went into Daryl. And yeah. when they didn't have anything, the discipline, they would throw it back out. Yeah. You know, play. And it, it worked out just like that. Yeah. And uh, I remember Ron Fellings, and Ron Felling would always say, you know, two things that he would always get on me about. If my a player got the ball and I was defending, how did he get it? How did he get it? How did he get it? Yeah. Yeah. And then the other one was that was uh, don't stand. And Coach Knight always said, if you pass, don't stand. Don't stand. And I, when I made a pass, I relocated to a different place. Yes. Howard, when the ball went into Daryl, he looked at Daryl. I relocated. He mm -hmm. came out to the position where I was. I had already moved to another spot, and that's yeah. when Daryl threw the ball back out to me, and I was able to get the shot off. Yeah. But all those little things there. And another thing that Ron Felt would always talk about on the jump shots was jump up, shoot up. Yeah. Jump, shoot up. I like right and right I do that situation of because I had taken a shot from the other side of the basket uh, of the court uh, prior to that. And I knew I said, man, if I get another shot, I got to jump up on this thing. I guess I got to get some, some, some yellow arc on this ball, you yeah. know. And when I got the ball back, I took that one step, that one step toward Nicholson Elementary, yeah, <laughs> to the baseline, and rose up and took a jump shot and uh, and make the shot, and I went out of bounds, you know. Wow. And the ball goes in, and, and right away, I didn't think of celebration. I was thinking of getting back on defense. Back on D, yeah. I, I heard you I, screaming something when they were grabbing you behind. What were you saying? I, and if you if you look at the video, you can see me saying, "We got one more second. That's what it is. Okay. I know you saying one more stop or one more second. Okay. Yeah. One second. They start the clock with one second. And mm -hmm. um, and it, at the, and I think the, the clock the administrator did that did that because Syracuse never called a timeout, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. 
they did, you know, but they did, they really didn't, you know. And um, and I said there's one one second left. And but I, I knew then that that moment that I had seen that that I played that game already. And like I said, uh-huh. how was I aware? I just taken the shot. I running back on defense because the timeout, this clock finally stopped. There's a timeout administered. And I come back and I was aware there's one second. Yeah, yep. But I said, being in that zone, everything, you are aware of everything. Yeah, when yep. I go back and look at that game sometimes, I look at the little moments where I got a rebound, push the ball. Derek Coleman is right behind me, slapping at the ball. Had he slapped that ball, uh, had he slapped it, it goes into the hands of their of Syracuse. They secured the basketball. They were already up one, you know. And now we probably fouled them. They go shoot a free throw and what have you, you know. So uh, when I came down in motion to Joe Hillman to go uh, to the right side of the floor, and I made an undercut to go uh, to the left side of the floor, if I would have pushed him down to the corner, yeah. and then I came out and moved the ball somewhere else, but right. then sit to wave him over, and I did an undercut, so I got the ball back, and then he, I was able to throw it into Daryl Thomas. Yep. And I always joke with Daryl about, you know, you didn't want to shoot that shot, man. Why didn't you want to shoot that shot? You know, and yeah. uh, and but he but he said, well, hey, man, you and he would always say to myself and Dean as a senior, he would always get on us about things. He would say. You two silly MFs, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, little thing. And uh, he said that was that wasn't a good shot. You silly MF, you know. Yeah, you yeah. Off back out. <laughs> so those little things like that, um, and the ball was able to come back out to me. And I remember all those things uh, from teaching, from where I was, and uh, that shot happened, and you know, of all the people. And I never forget there was a statement I was watching with one of my sons, and uh, watching the game. And the guy said, uh, "There's a lot of McDonald's All Americans on this floor, but." There's one guy that actually worked at a McDonald's. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that that's crazy, man. I mean, but you hit that shot, and that, and did you? Were you? I mean, even after the game, did you realize how different things were going to be for you after you made that shot? No, I had no idea of the magnitude. And again, right. being as, I didn't hear any sound. Like you said, you don't hear sound. You, you don't hear, hear nothing. Anything. I didn't hear anything again until the ball went through the net and I heard an explosion of noise. Yeah. And had no. Feel what the moment was and mm-hmm. what had happened. You know, prior to that, you had uh, uh, Lorenzo Charles from North Carolina State that uh, mm-hmm. tipped the ball in for a championship win. Jordan hit the one shot in the yep. same with the same jersey on, things yep, like that. Yep. Number twenty, you know, <laughs> and uh, so all those uh, moments that came together I had no idea that this thing would take on a life of its own. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter where I go. Uh, traveling a lot, you know, I might have my name on the bag or, you know, from coaching in the NBA and traveling and, uh, you know, the, the bags, bell hop would bring your bags to you and in, uh, in the hotel room and he was seated and he would say something to the extent, man, I remember that shot. Yep. I remember that, shot, you know, and he goes through an entire uh, sequence of what was going on, what he was doing at his house and everything. Um, so many people I've met um, and people say, do you get tired of talking about it? I said, you know, I don't get tired of talking about it because when someone comes up to me to talk about it, I don't want to rain on their moment. Yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll talk about it with them. Uh, there was a guy uh, that I met at the airport um, and he said, he said, Keith, I just want to tell you, man, my daughter and I were watching that game and she kept bugging me, kept bugging me. And uh, I said, wait, I'll, when the game is over, I'll, I'll, I'll talk, I'll, we'll play, we'll play. And she said, uh, I tell you what, 
if Indiana wins this championship, I'll buy you that horse you want, right? Really? So on the pony, you know, and uh, obviously we make the, we we win the championship. Somewhere I was doing a, a speaking engagement somewhere. He came out doing an autograph signing somewhere in Indiana. He came out and he said, "Hey, I don't know if you remember me, but I met you at the airport. And I told you a story about my daughter and a horse. Well, there she is, right there. So now she's just probably she's probably now yeah. 16, 17 years old now, you know. Uh, yeah, and yeah. He said and she got the horse right there, you know. And he said because you made that shot, this young girl was able to get a, get a horse, you That's know. Amazing. <laughs> so so yeah. So look, I never never thought it would be that way. Uh, when I went to play over in Europe, mm-hmm. you know, I always followed Coach Knight because he did a lot of clinics over in Europe, and mm-hmm. uh, they, they, you know, would allow me to. A lot of teams I played on over there would allow me to kind of coach the motion offense, you know, because right. I had a good feel for it. And um, so I never thought it would be that way, you know. Yeah. And uh, you, get, you get a double dip though. You get the how was it the play for Coach Knight and right. the shot. So you just probably in the airport, like, oh, just going crazy, man. Because I know I get it. I was a play for Coach Knight. I'm out. Like I said, when I was younger, I used to be annoyed. I mean, I was young. It's like, uh-huh. hey, man, I just want to eat my food. I was like, oh, that's what keeps me relevant? Oh, let's talk about it all day then. I'm cool. So. Yeah.